and children of Yah, I want you to understand how strong your dominion is. And if the devil can control your mind, then he can control your power in Christ by convincing you that it's not yours. Shaq. I know I've been away for a little bit of time. You know, I've actually been busy trying to transition. I'm moving into a new place and things are looking up. Amen. But tonight, I wanted to drop a message called Prepare for the War. Because up until recently, the enemy has waged mass war on the minds of many believers, many men and women, sons and daughters of God, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, myself included. And I was originally going to come with a a message called The Curse of Jezebel. I'll probably do that. That'll probably be my next message pretty soon. I'm, I'm in the midst of preparing that. But, you know, the Spirit told me to take a pause, take a pause for the cause, and focus on something else because the spirit told me that a lot of you guys are engaging in a lot of warfare and you run the risk of forgetting your priesthood and the spirit has ordered me to remind you of that priesthood so tonight's message is called prepare for the war and i'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 11, verse is 28 to 30. But before I do that, I want to say a quick prayer. Father God, in your mighty holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. I plead the blood of Jesus over this vessel. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of our listeners, Father God. Father God, I repent. I repent. I ask you to forgive us of our sins. I ask you to help us relight our lampstands. Allow your all-seeing, all-knowing power to flow through us tonight that we may know your revelation and that we may be reminded once again that we are created in your image and likeness and that we may know your dominion do this father god let your will be done through all of us prepare this vessel to receive your word and your revelation and your spirit in your mighty and holy name in jesus name i pray amen Okay, guys, going into it. Prepare for the war. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. And our mighty Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jumping on to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 29. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. 
he increases strength. Looking on to verse 31 of Isaiah chapter 40, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And then lastly, Galatians chapter 6 through 9, chapter 6, verse 9, excuse me. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Father God, in your mighty holy name, once again, I pray that this word penetrates the minds, hearts, and souls of all those who listen to this podcast, who listen to this episode. I plead the blood of Jesus over their vessels, their temples, their minds. I plead the blood of Jesus once again over this microphone and over this very own vessel, Father God. Please prepare this vessel to receive your word. And please remind us, do all you can tonight to remind us of our priesthoods and our dominion. In your mighty holy name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, children of Yah, prepare for the war. See, when a war ensues or when a war is on the rise, you can't just go into the fight unprepared. You can't just go into the battlefield and start swinging. There's a lot that needs to be done. There's a lot of, of, uh, of reconnaissance, of intel that needs to be collected. Okay, you got to size up the enemy. What are the enemy's strengths? What are the enemy's capabilities? What can they do? What, can, what can't they do? Where can they hit? And where can we hit them? And how is it that we can best defend ourselves against the enemy? What is the manpower that we need? How much men do we need to assemble? Do we need to assemble 200,000, 300,000 men? How much weapons do we need? You know, there's a whole operation when it comes to preparing for war. And children of Yah, a lot of us are going into the fight not fully understanding the enemy. A lot of us are going into the fight and we're getting picked apart because we didn't exercise the spiritual wisdom that Jesus said we should exercise. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And so we must be wise and knowledgeable of the attacks of the enemy, children of Yah. But at the same time, we cannot use those attacks against our very own brethren. For the Bible says we only have one adversary, the devil, and he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And so, children of Yah, we have to only rely on the Lord for number one, our strength, number two, the wisdom, number three, how to attack, how to attack, how to stop the agenda of the enemy. An army does not move without orders from the general. An army doesn't take not one single step out of ordinance 
without the general's say-so. Okay? So, children of Yah, this is how we are to carry ourselves as sons of God, as daughters of God. And if I say sons of God, for those of you women listening, please understand, if I just say sons of God, please understand, I'm talking about both men and women. Because the women come from the man and the woman models everything she does from the man. So in essence, she's part of him. But that's a whole nother topic. But I just want you to know that when I say sons of God, I do include the women as well. And so anyway, moving on. We can't grow weary when we try to prepare for the war. Some of us haven't quite realized that the war has already started. I know I said that the title of this podcast episode was called Prepare for the War, but we're already in the midst of a war. For some of us, the war is in our minds. The real destruction, the real persecution has not started yet. We are in a time of peace. But for the minds of many saints, many of God's servants and God's people and people who are called to the mission and the will of God, there is a mass attack that the enemy has launched. Because the Bible says in the book of Revelation, for it was given authority to the beast to wear the saints down, to wear them down mentally, to get them to forsake their priesthood because see the devil is smart children of God. the devil's smart the devil doesn't want to kill you because if you kill if he kills you like kills you physically and you still have your priesthood that is a mission that he lost and so the devil sees it more effective to rob you of your priesthood first before you lose your life why because your priesthood is the one thing that keeps you tied to God. And your priesthood is the one and only power that God gives you as a result of accepting his word. And so the devil, he knows that he can have no part of that. And this makes him very, very angry. So he does anything and everything he possibly can to rob you of your priesthood the same way he robbed Adam and Eve of theirs and cursed all of humanity. And children of Yah, this is God's will. God wants you to restore your priesthood. God wants you to restore your priesthood. He qualifies whom he qualifies. And if by evidence of you existing on this earth, you are made in the image and likeness of God, which means you were entitled to a priesthood since before you were born. Jeremiah chapter one says, before you even formed in the womb, I knew you before you were even born. I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So children of Yah, even before your mother and your father thought you up, you had a priesthood. Before you were born, you, were, you had a priesthood. A lot of people say, you know, I brought up the issue recently about abortion. You know, oh, you know, it's okay. It's just a clump of cells. If God says, I sanctified you and knew you in the womb, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations before you were born. How many people understand? How many of you understand that it's not just a clump of cells? 
but a clump of prophecies that need to be fulfilled, that need to be carried out, that the Lord chose you to fulfill. There is so much power and strength in your priesthood, children of Yah, that you do not realize. Some of us who are walking with the Lord, we don't even realize the extent of it. You know, we think that we can put God in a box and think that, oh, he can do this and he can do that. But that's pretty much all he could do. Listen, listen, children of Yah. The word of God says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your paths. Our minds are too small to comprehend the vastness of God. Our minds are too small to truly understand what he did. First Timothy chapter three says, great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. And as we're in the flesh, there's always going, the devil is always going to try to tug. And this, and this is biblical. God allows the devil to do this as a test of our faith. So in essence, I'm not going to say it's a Job story, but we're like, for some of us, we're like microscopic versions of Job. As we're in the flesh, we suffer for the cross. We suffer the sins, we suffer the lust, and we suffer the desires. But we're constantly being called to the spirit. We're constantly being called to the spirit as a way of preparing our vessels for the war against the flesh. But a lot of us, we feel weak. And a lot of the brethren, a lot of my brothers and sisters, children of y'all are going through this right now. Some of you are going through this a great deal. For some of you, your health is being affected. The spirit is speaking to me as I make this message. For some of you, your health is being affected. For some of you, your money is being affected. For some of you, you've, you've gotten bad news after bad news after bad news. And children of y'all, all of this is just the test. God just wants to see where you're going to go, what you're going to do with what he's given you, what you're going to do with your priesthood. Are you going to claim dominion over it and speak life into everything you see the same way God spoke life into the earth? He spoke life into you. He breathed life into you. And he made you be able to take dominion of all you see. Book of Isaiah says, Behold, I will decree a thing, and before me it will be established. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, children of Yah, and those who love it will eat all its fruit. The life is in your mouth. The life is in what you confess to the Lord daily. The life is in the sacrifices you make with your mouth. Do you confess your sins? Do you confess your weakness? The same way Paul did in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7-10. through 10, He says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, 
lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, and needs, and persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And children of Yah, this is the hidden lesson. You got to realize that God covers all of your bases. The bases that you completely suck in, God doesn't make you suck. Children, I got to be honest with you. So when I started, before I started my ministry, you know, people been approaching me, you know, oh, you should be a pastor. You should, you know, you should go and preach the word of God. Like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that because I don't want to be picked apart. I don't want to be picked apart and I don't want to be made fun of. And I don't want to have all, all these different people come at me, all these pastors, bishops, ministers, evangelists, all these people and all these different, all these established churches, you know, with these fancy schmancy altars and their their 20 and 30 thousand dollars of worship equipment and musical instruments and their speakers and all like like look like you're gonna ask me like god was calling me to this so i was saying to him you're gonna wait a minute you're you want me to go and speak your truth despite everybody else being established and god said yeah. And then I said, but, but God, I'm not good. I'm not that good enough. Like, how do I, like, where do I even start with that? And he told me to just go, just go and I'll cover you. And children, you got to realize that whatever God asks you to do, it's always going to go against your flesh. And when you go, he always sends backup. He always sends friends. He always sends everything you need in the moment to give you to help you accomplish his, his will, his mission. And so this is why Paul says, I take pleasure in the infirmities because no part of you has to be strong in your own flesh. Jeremiah 17, five says, curses the man who relies on flesh for his strength. And then it goes on to say, blessed is the man who relies on the Lord for his strength. And then it goes on to say, for the heart is deceitful for who can know it. And then right underneath it, it says, I, the Lord, search the mind and I test the heart. And so when we experience an infirmity or in a persecution, Christ makes for, for the namesake of Christ, he makes us stronger in that given moment. And so. The Lord strengthens us, children of Yah. He strengthens us. Revelation chapter 17, verses 12 through 14. The 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they received authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful children of y'all you have a veil of protection over your lives some of you don't realize that and that's why the devil continues to attack you because he knows you don't know it but when you know it 
the attacks stop. See, here's the thing you guys got to understand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The devil is only going to attack you in areas he knows you're weak in. He's only going to attack you in areas that he knows you are weak in. Jesus wanted to perform, when he was in the flesh of man, he wanted to perform many, many miracles for the people of Israel. So that's why the devil tempted him with the thought of, turning the stones into bread so everyone could follow you. He wanted to bless other people. He came for the entire world to be saved. But he knew there was a certain way that he had to go about it, that the Lord or God ordered him to go about it. And so when Jesus first came here, he was tempted. He was tempted and he had to fast for 40 days and 40 nights to make sure that his dominion was completely intact, that his priesthood was completely intact, and that he can do God's will here on earth. And now he's our risen savior. He's our risen king. He is our risen Lord. And he's in this time, children of Yah, he's not going to come back in the flesh of man. He's going to come back so powerful. We're going to look up in the sky. It's going to be the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And children, I encourage you, if you have some sort of secret sin in your life, I would encourage you to deal with it. I would encourage you to give it up, repent, turn away from it, and never, ever, ever do it again. Do everything you can to flee from it. So if it's sexual immorality, if it's lust, if it's adultery, flee from it. Some of you are doing all these cheap little tricks in the church. Like, well, I can't really, I, I, I can't, I can't really flirt and be seductive, but you know, I could do certain things to kind of get his attention. Some of you women are doing that. The spirit of the Lord says to stop it because it's not your physical appearance that attracts a man to you, a good godly man to you. It's, your virtue in the Lord that attracts him to you. And the spirit in you is always going to be more attractive than your physical appearance. Because if your main goal is to be sexy, please understand a Christian woman can be sexy in anything she wears. Even when she's completely covered up, it's her anointing that's attractive. You ever met a woman, guys, this is for you. You ever met a woman who had the spirit of the Lord and she just had that in her eyes and it just drove you absolutely crazy? Like it just drove you like, yo, I, yo, I think I'm falling in love with her. I got to be with her. I need her. Like this woman is completely amazing. Like she, like like, she's so virtuous. That's the way Boaz felt with Ruth. That's the way Boaz felt, felt with Ruth. And so, going back, I digress, but going back, you know, some of you got to stop doing these little cheap tricks in the church and thinking that that's going to lead you to a godly blessing. You cannot sin yourself into a kingdom blessing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Women, you can't be wearing all these tight skirts trying to attract a man thinking that God is going to bless that. God ignores the sinners. Men, 
You got to stop doing these cheap little tricks to attract the women. You got to stop doing these cheap little tricks. So, oh, I'm going to look at her here. I'm going to look at her there. And then, you know, we're going we gonna to fall in love and, and, you know, do it the wrong way. Got to stop. And it's not just sexual, too. It's the power games in the church. People are more hung up on titles than they are the sacrifice. Oh, I'm a minister. I'm a pastor. I'm a, 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 I'm a deacon. They're more hung up on the titles than the sacrifice. They want the blessing in the midst of their curse. And God calls all of us, children of Yah, to sacrifice that. We have to sacrifice that. And so we have to take pleasure in the fact that we are weak in these things and these things must die in order for us to receive the keys in the spirit to our priesthoods and our dominion. And so with all that being said, I know a lot of you are tired. Like I said before, a lot of my brothers and sisters are tired and there's a big, big war going on uh, in the spiritual realm, in the minds of many, many believers. Some of you can't see it. Some of you don't know it. Some of you don't realize it, but I have gone in the spirit and I have seen the warfare. I have seen the tribulation. I have seen the trial for some of you. Some of you don't even know what's attacking you. You've been literally blinded. And for some of you, it's not, it's, I kind of want to say it's not really your fault because you don't know what you don't know. But Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so, children of Yah, we have to arm ourselves with the knowledge of God in order to prepare for the war. We have to be briefed before we go into the battlefield. We have to know what we're up against and we have to know the truth of our weapons of warfare, which are not carnal, but they're mighty and pulling down the strongholds, casting down the imaginations and going and striking down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Some of you are so close to realizing your priesthood that the devil, that the devil, he's, he's actually intensified the attacks on your mind on a daily basis. Some of you are getting nightmares. Some of you haven't been able to sleep for months. Some of you haven't been, I don't know who this message is for. The Lord has given me a lot of prophetic visions. Some of you are tossing and turning. Some of you, your heart rate is jacked every single night. For some of you, you wake up in cold sweats and you have no idea what to do. Some of you are going to church and you're just like, you're just there. You're just floating around and, you know, you say hi, you put on a fake smile, but inside you're dying and no one sees it. No one pays attention to it. No one takes notice. No one can go into the spirit or they can look in your eyes and see the spirit of torment, see the spirit of infirmity, see the spirit of confusion. The spirit of discord, division, anger, bitterness, depression. The spirit of loneliness. They can't see it. And so 
The devil has tricked you into thinking that you're going through this attack on your own and no one in the brotherhood can help you. And then next thing you know, you stop coming to church. Next thing you know, you stop talking to your brothers and sisters in Christ and confessing what's been going on in your lives. See, I'm very, very happy with what the Lord gave me. The Lord gave me a beautiful gift of discernment and a beautiful prophetic gift. You know, I love looking into people's eyes and knowing what they went through in their lives. I love looking into people's eyes and knowing the truth of their hearts and then telling them something that they've never let pass the light of day to anybody else. They never told anybody else. And then they break down in that moment because they want to be set free. And I don't do it to attack them. I do it to set them free because that's the Lord's will. The Lord's will is for all of us to be free. He wants us to be fully armed in his army. Like it says in Joel chapter 2, verse 11, the Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is very great and very terrible. Who can endure it? And children of God, I want you to understand that you are part of God's army. Whether you feel it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you understand it or not, you are part of God's army. I know this word is going to penetrate whom it's going to penetrate. I know this word is going to serve as revelation. I want you to understand how strong your dominion and priesthood is. I want you guys to understand how important it is to God and how important it is to the devil because the devil, for some of you, he's been trying to rob you of your priesthood for a very long time. And some of you are making decisions on purpose to go back to the devil's side and God is calling you back like saying, bro, what are you doing? Sis, what are you doing? Mm-mm. Come back over here. I got to have all of you to work the miracle within you. I got to have all of you to help set you free. You can't serve God and mammon, children of y'all. You can't. And so I want to give a little parable, and I want to refer to you guys to the comic book and cartoon of X-Men. You know, I'm a 90s kid. I grew up watching X-Men, you know, Wolverine, Cyclops, Professor X, Magneto. And for those of you who are familiar with the story of the X-Men, the X-Men was a story of a world of mutants with different uh, powers and abilities trying to coexist with normal humans. And some mutants were stronger than others, but then there was this one mutant named Professor X. And Professor X was actually the strongest mutant of them all because he had the power to control people's minds. And as a child, I never quite thought he was the strongest mutant in the world because of his appearance. You know, he was always in a wheelchair with no muscular stature, like Wolverine had the muscles. Cyclops had the muscles. Everybody else, they were basically athletes. And so he had no muscular stature. He was this weak, disabled man in a wheelchair. But, children of the eye, he was incredibly intelligent. 
And there were mutants in X-Men who had the power to destroy anything and everything that they saw. And I was led to believe that they were the ones who were the strongest instead. But let me ask you something, children of y'all. I want you to, I want you to occur, uh, uh, I want you to think about this. Think about this in mind with Professor X be, having the power to control people's minds. What's more dangerous, the one who can destroy everything or the one who can control the mind of the one who can destroy everything? And children of y'all, I want you to understand how strong your dominion is. And if the devil can control your mind, then he can control your power in Christ by convincing you that it's not yours. You know, like I said earlier, it's the summertime. A lot of women are trying to show off their bodies and their curves. It's something as simple as lusting after a woman. Just that is enough to rob you of your dominion, to steal your priesthood. And the women who show off their bodies, they were deceived into believing that the real power lies with their vanity. When as the real power actually lies in their dominion. If the devil can get you to drink one beer, if he can get you to idolize and covet the one thing you desire in your heart, if he can get you to desire anything other than Jesus, then children of Yah, his mission is complete. And I want to be a little transparent. The enemy has intensified his attacks on me, and he's trying to convince me that all is worse than what it really is. You know, lately, you know, I've been working so hard. I've been waking up from the hours of 4 and 4.30 in the morning. And I've been working really hard and I've been feeling a little weary. I've been feeling a little weary. I've been feeling distracted. And the devil, he wants to, more than anything, get me to stop my ministry dead in its tracks. He wants this ministry so bad. And you know what, children of y'all? I'm not going to let him have it. I refuse. He will never get this ministry. He will never get this vessel. He will never, ever get me to turn away from the most high God. I rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. The Lord rebuke you. Spirit of slumber, Spirit of torment, spirit of infirmity, be gone in Jesus' name. Your dominion, your power has no place here. You will flee and serve the most high God in Jesus' name. I don't know who this was for. I was saying it for myself, but I know some of you are going to receive it. And the devil. Children of Yah, he's extremely cunning on what he does in the minds of believers. And as far as the ones who don't believe, they never really feel the persecution. Why? Because they're already dead spiritually. They're spiritually dead. And so they don't they never feel any kind of warfare because the devil knows that they're not a threat. And so he's like, all right. You know, there is no way that this person is ever going to come to Christ. Otherwise, if they did, then their lives would be, it would be evident. Their lives would be a whole lot worse. And children of y'all, the devil only attacks those that are believers and those that are on the fence. 
You say, why does he attack those who are on the fence? Because it could go either way. In fact, those who are on the fence, they're not sure of their priesthood. They have a priesthood, but they're not quite uh, privy to the knowledge of how powerful it is, which makes them vulnerable to the devil. But it can still go either way. And as long as they're not rock solid in the truth, it's fair play for the devil. See, Satan is bound by God's word. And that's the power that you have in your priesthood. If you do certain things in the name of Jesus, if you do all things through Christ who strengthens you, the devil can't touch you. You have on the armor of God. You have his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will ensure that the devil will not come near you. This is a decree from the Most High God. And all it ever took for mankind to be cursed was one mistake. And that one mistake was Adam and Eve eating the apple in the garden. One mistake. One mistake. Just one. The devil doesn't care how much you enjoy your sin. He just wants to make sure that you end up with him. He wants to make sure that you have no chance at redemption. And the worst part is, is that this is only the beginning, children of Yah. With everything that's going on in this world, this is only the beginning. And in the not-too-distant future, there will be destruction of which you have never seen before on this earth. Matthew 24, 4 through 8, Jesus says, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So even the destruction of the destruction, that's not even the end of it. A lot of people think, or everything's going to be destroyed and that's going to be the end. No, 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 no. There's a period after that. So children of God, we're called to seriously be transformed through the renewal of our minds to what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Like it says in Romans 12 too. But going on to verses 9 through 13 of Matthew 24, Jesus says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And children of Yah, we're called to endure these difficult times. In some countries, they're already experiencing the worst of the worst. It just hasn't hit America yet. And America, we're cool for the time being. It hasn't fallen apart yet. And this doesn't mean, children of Yah, that you have to fight in a battle in which you got to just stand your own ground and be all along. That's not what it means. You don't have to be all alone. God's army doesn't move in individuality. That's the devil's greatest deception. 
because salvation is individual and he wants you to think that no one's going to help you. You're in this walk all alone. And children of Yah, that couldn't be further from the truth. And so this means that you have to continue to sacrifice for the Lord and allow him to carry you. Continue to sacrifice your flesh. Continue to suffer the persecution and the offense of others. And to continue to sacrifice your lusts and your desires of this world all for the most high God. Because the Lord has promised you that you will rule and reign with him when this is all said and done. Going on to verses 21 to 22 of Matthew 24, Jesus says, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Only those who God chooses, only those who do the Father's will, will be, the days will be shortened. They're not going to have to go through the same tribulation that everybody else goes through. And it should be mentioned, children of Yah, that the suffering you go through for Christ is never really suffering because you realize where your reward is. You know you're in this world, but not of this world. And because of that, nothing really surprises you. Because you're chosen by God, it doesn't really surprise you that you go through life and people just hate you. It doesn't surprise you. And only those who are deceived into trying to win in an antichrist system will think it's the wrong path. Like, oh, you know, ever since I became a Christian, people are making fun of me. You know, all these bad things have been happening in my life. They're like, I, I don't know about this. The only reason why they feel like that is because they've been conditioned to win in an antichrist system. And they will fall away from the faith. Like it says in 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. The foods that the Spirit is talking about, children of God, the foods that the Bible is talking about, it's not talking about actual foods. It's talking about the daily bread. The supplication that God gives us on a daily basis to be blessed. That's what it talks about, children of y'all, for those of you who didn't know. Moving on to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 to 4. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. But children of Yah, there may be a great falling away, but only those who are willing to partake in the suffering of the brotherhood will be called blessed and the sons of God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 to 45, Jesus says, But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who, cur who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. 
for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Verse 10 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, Blessed are those who persecuted, who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also my man, my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whomever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant of whom the Lord calls. Be persistent, the Lord says. This is my prophetic word for you all. The Spirit tells me to tell you all to be persistent. Be persistent in the faith. Be persistent in your prayers. And be persistent in your walk. And if you don't know what to pray, uh, what to pray for or how to pray, or when exactly to pray, well, first of all, you should pray. But if you don't know, allow the Holy Spirit to intercede and translate for you on your behalf to the Most High God. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us, which groanings which cannot be uttered. And some of you have not received the revelation to come in the Spirit yet. And to that, I say that those that have, just know that they've seen the fires of hell and what they preach, they preach in one accord and they preach the truth. And just because it's a painful truth doesn't mean it's a wrong truth. Doesn't mean they're trying to hurt you. Doesn't mean they're trying to offend you. Please understand at times we argue against one another. And although that's not biblical, the main goal is we want you to be set free. And Children of God, you have to recognize the spirit within them and know that they are the true, there are true sons of God among you. You know, a lot of people said earlier on in my ministry that I was a joke. You know, I was a false teacher and I was a false prophet. You know, the devil used these people. Some of these people were some of my most beloved, some of the most beloved people in my entire life. And then they betrayed me. But you know what? You know, I, I prayed to God and I said, don't charge it against them. You know, don't hurt them for it because they don't know. They don't know what I've seen. They don't know what I've experienced. They don't know the signs and wonders that you've done through me, Father God. They don't know. And so wait on the Lord's word, children of Yah. Wait on his revelation in the spirit. Prepare yourselves for the war. Put on the arm of God that you may be able to withstand the schemes of the devil. Put on his armor. 
the ble- the breastplate of white righteousness, the sword of the spirit. <sighs> Put on the armor of God. The belt of truth, I think. Armor of God. Let me look it up real quick before I forget. Armor of God. Put on the whole, I'm going to read the whole thing. From Ephesians chapter 11 to chapter 17. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and the helmet of salvation take it and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god put on the arm of god children y'all put on the arm of god prepare for war prepare your vessels sacrifice daily we're called to be living sacrifices to the lord Sacrifice daily, do the uncomfortable thing, do the thing that's going to get you in trouble with the world, in trouble with your friends, in trouble with the people you seek approval from. Remember, Galatians 1.10 says, if I desired to please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. We're not called to please men, children of y'all. We're called to please God. And if God tells you to speak a very uncomfortable truth that's going to piss your friends off, then so be it. But just know that you will be blessed because of it. So guys, that's all I have for tonight. I love you. Go sow in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. You can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is yahvirise.com or yahvirise rather. Uh, my Facebook, you can also type in yahvirise podcast. My name is Shaquan Woody. You know, I post new episodes on a weekly basis, but I love you all. Like I said, go sow in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. God bless you all. I love you and Have a great weekend. Thank you.